We've got another episode free of any coronavirus talk for you today, all recorded before any of this came down. So uh, enjoy the lack of coronavirus. Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. The If You Market podcast is brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Joto PR. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy. Our co-host, Carla Joe Helms, will be out today, and we'll be uh, talking with Kelly Glover of the Talent Squad about how to be a podcast guest. Uh, Kelly is the founder of the Talent Squad, and that's a company that helps you get booked uh, as a guest on, on relevant podcasts. Kelly, really excited to have uh, you on the show today to get all meta about podcasts. Thank you, Sky. So happy to be here. So you are joining us from Sydney, Australia. Is that correct? Yes, I escape the US in the winter and come to Australia for the summer. So I have an endless summer. I'm remote. No way. Endless summer in podcasting, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it does mean getting up at 3.30 in the morning when I'm in Australia, but it's good. I like it. I get a lot yeah. done before anyone shows up. It works for me. I noticed on this show that uh, the scheduling, you were scheduled for Friday. And I said, we don't schedule people on Friday. What's going on? And it, it was showing up in Australia time. So you are in the future. So we have uh, Kelly Glover on today from the future to tell us about podcasts and, uh, and also who to bet on. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I'll give you the lotto numbers and then just, you know, we can share it 50-50. I'm up with that. Sounds fantastic. And this will be my last episode on the podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you very much for coming on today. I'm excited to talk to you because I want tips on how to be better at this. Um, but uh, main focus here for our guests, how to get booked on podcasts and then how to perform, I think, almost even more important with the glut of podcasts out there. It's not that difficult to get uh, to get booked these days um, on something. I suppose you probably want to get booked on you know, on the shows that are going to have an impact for you, not the guy going out of his, uh, his grandma's basement or something like that. Um, but well, then how to perform when you're on the show and make yeah. sure it doesn't suck. Yeah, but I would say go on the guy's show that is performing out of his grandma's basement first and get your runs on the board. So yeah, I don't think yeah. that's such a bad idea, actually, because if you're learning and he's learning, by the time you get up to the Tim Ferriss level that everybody wants to be on, you'll be nailing it because you don't want to go on Tim Ferriss straight away. So get on that basement show first. Yeah. Don't marry the first podcaster you meet. You got to get your experience in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> start, start booking, start working on it. What do you, in that, in that vein, what do you think about um, improv classes? Yes, yes, yes. So I took improv classes myself. I'm absolutely terrible on stage, but the actual class element helps you think really quickly, come up with answers. It helps you stop blocking and say yes and move the conversation forward. And I actually recommend it for podcasters, podcast guests, and just anyone in anyone, everyone, everyone can benefit from an improv <laughs> class for sure. Really. For the podcast you- people and then everyone else in the world also. Yeah, like it doesn't matter who you are because you don't realize how much you block. There's a thing in pro- in podcasting that's yes and, and it's just in any conversation. And once you can get over that and name things quickly, it just makes your brain work faster. It helps with ideas. It helps with conversation. So I think it's good for everybody, public speaking, everything. Right. More interesting conversations. And then if you talk to other humans, maybe you should take a podcast or a, uh, an improv class. If you never speak with humans, then never mind. But other than yes. that. <laughs> Agreed. I'm in LA. I've got to, I've got to get one of those, uh, get out to one of those. Um, so 
moving on to the podcast itself, your your um, company helps book people on podcasts, yeah. right? So we are the Talent Squad Agency and we book podcast tours for entrepreneurs. So we usually book, say, 10 or 12 interviews. You get your feet wet, have a taste of it. If you want to continue it on as a strategy, you can. Um, or if you just want to use it for a lot of entrepreneurs would have a book launch, a course launch, a product launch, whatever it is, you can do one set at a time, which we consider to be batching. So it just depends on your what you're looking for. But yeah, we book podcast tours for entrepreneurs. Right. And I'd say in today's world, building your own brand, building yourself as a brand is, you know, maybe you have a book launch. Great. Do the go around, do some shows, get some press, get some exposure. Um, but you are a brand yourself or you should want to be. And if you can perform on podcasts and have something to say and can get booked, then keep building your brand. It's, I mean, generally, I would guess most podcasts don't charge you to come to be a guest on the show. Yes. So first of all, everybody has a brand, whether you like it or not. The thing is, are you choosing to brand yourself or are you not doing anything actively in which case other people are branding for you? So it doesn't right. matter if you choose to have a brand or not, you have one. So it's whether or not you're creating it or it's being created for you. Personally, right. I would choose to create it myself. Um, as far as going on shows, I would say like 99% are free. And then there's like the, the other ones that like we have shows that used to be free and now they charge $5,000 for somebody to go on, but it can go all the way down to $500, but they right. are rare. As an agency, we don't actively pitch to pay. We call it pay for play. We don't pitch mm -hmm. to pay for play, but sometimes we will pitch our clients to shows and they will do what's called a pitch back and say, yeah, we'd love to have Sky Cassidy on the show. By the way, it's $5,000. So then we will always take that to the client um, and it's up to them whether they do it or not, but it's not something we actively pursue. And I encourage people, um, if you are pitching yourself, that um, just go for the free ones because podcasts are, they're earned media and the paid ones are the exception to the rule. They're not the rule. Right. I've had those approach me and say, Hey, we'd like to have you on the show. Can you come on? Great. And then I get into it a little bit with them and then they're like, okay, well, here's the packages. Here's like, wait, what are you talking about? And other yeah, things, no. written media too. And it's when they, when they come to you, usually it's a sales pitch and you don't know it until you invest some time and energy. Yeah. I would run a mile from that. Yeah. So yeah. I that's, felt that's uh, not something we do. You know, if it's the Tonight Show or something like that, and they're going to say, hey, we don't really know who you are, so you got to pay if you want to come on, I'd say, okay, but when it's some unknown entity and then they're going to sales pitch you to get, you know, quote unquote exposure from, from them, uh, that sounds like a scam. That's uh, good. I was worried that we were leaving money on the table because uh, we just pick guests that we think will be good guests. No, but I think it goes the other way. If a show um, asks for money to go on it, I'm always thinking, well, is that because the guest is awesome or is it because they paid to be on the show? So then it, for me, yep. I'm skeptical of that, but um, everyone has a different opinion. So it just depends on. Right. You start thinking I, this isn't yeah. a show. It should be mutual as you get it's more an popular. Yeah. You can get better guests because you have more exposure and people know who you are. So they will come on and that's the, the, the yeah. give and take versus oh, you know, now we have more exposure so we can charge more to our guests. And it's really just a series of commercial segments. Yeah. But in saying that, as long as it's disclosed, that's the main thing. If somebody wants to charge for a guest to be on their show, as long as they disclose it to me as the listener, then that's their decision. Yep. 
Okay, uh, fantastic. So we got the pay to play out of the way. Everybody knows you did not pay to come on here. In fact, I think, <laughs> I think your office actually reached out to us and said, and I was not aware that your office, you and your office were the same thing initially when I, when I saw you as a guest. And then in, in doing the minimal research we do, we said, oh, wait, this is what they do. And then look back, oh yeah, the person who reached out wasn't their PR agency. They are that. That's what they do. Yeah. So we walk our talk. So I book guests to be guests on podcasts. So I have my bookers book me to be guests on podcasts. And then I'm a guest on the podcast to talk about my business. So I'm doing what I'm teaching people to do. So we call it walking your talk. Well, is that an Australian term? I'm not familiar with it. I don't, I think I'm it's, kidding. Oh, I was like, sometimes there are, and, I, and sometimes our sayings are a bit rude, and I will be in the middle of saying uh, one and think, oh my gosh, did I just defend a whole country? Well, I went to college in Ohio, okay? So I've lived in the US back and forth for 20 years, but sometimes I still get it wrong. Yeah, I, I, I was kidding. You're supposed to say yes, Anne. Yes, it is, oh. Anne. And then, oh. I, so the one exception oh. to the yes, Anne, I would say, is when, when you're talking to people and they're throwing something in something out there that you disagree with. On the podcast, I actually like to tell people, hey, if you have a strong opinion on something, great, let's get into it on that. If there's two sides to a conversation and you know, we have Kelly here and she says, always yes and, and somebody else says, no, always disagree. I say, great, let's have that conversation where you guys don't agree about what to say, but we talk about the merits of both sides and, and have, that, uh, have that discussion going. Sometimes people can get themselves in trouble with yes and because they just go along with whatever said and then afterward their PR person comes to them and said how could you go along with that racist slur or something like that oh my you gosh <laughs> yeah well you should always talk about the positives and the negatives in an interview because otherwise if you're just talking positives all the time who's going to believe you and it, it can't possibly be true yeah and I, then get the common ground first and get the yeses out of the way and then you can speak about the positives and the negatives. You don't want to go in negative straight away. So there are little techniques when you are on an interview, um, you know, to get the most out of it. Otherwise, it's just boring. Right. And I'd say just be careful. Don't take yes and literally like it's a bumper sticker and agree with everything somebody says because you'll find that the, uh, the, the press, the, the PR you get the next day is, wow, this person is agreeing with some terrible stuff because they came on a show with somebody that was espousing something uh, horrible like you have yeah. to actually part of the improv is listen to the other person and, and respond and have a conversation and take a stand like be bold don't add qualifiers yes but blah 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 yes oh i'm sorry state your case um and you've got to prove that you're right as well when you're a guest on the show so add facts and figures if mm. you've got them and then cite who they are and if you don't so, make make them up yeah no don't make them <laughs> up don't make them up you have to Come say on, something. you're supposed to say yes and Kelly. Come on. Like, edis, nah, that's, uh, <laughs> yes, state your facts and yeah. use qualifiers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's jump back here to the getting booked area. We already mentioned your company, that's what they do, right? So probably yes. one of the best ways to get booked is to have a company book you. They already know who the podcasts are. Um, they know who to reach out to, who's going to be a good fit for what you do. Uh, so that's an easy one. Uh, you guys are on the show. We'll have your info in the show notes. People can always look you up. If they're not going to go through a a booking agency like you guys, are there some simple ways they can reach out to uh, find and reach out to podcasts? Yeah. So if someone's not using an agency like the Talent Squad, the other ways that people usually go is that they will book themselves and pitch themselves or they might get their someone on their team to do it or they might hire a VA to do it. So I would say, those are the three that people would do when they're DIYing. Now, 
in order to get booked before you even send a pitch, you really need to be prepared. And that's the messaging and the positioning. So that's got to do with the branding that you're talking about. So before you even look up a show, I would say you need to have your media assets in place. So that is your one sheet and also your online um, press kit. So those are two things. And the online press kit has, um, you know, your headshots in there. So you need professional grade headshots. You can have them taken on your iPhone. Obviously a photographer is a better option, but it can't be a snapshot from 1986 that's then scanned or whatever. So I've even got one that's taken on my iPhone and I can't tell the difference between that and a proper photo, but it looks really professional. So you need to have those, have different variations. So have one on a white background, have a three quarter shot, have the headshot, have um, a lifestyle one, and that will go in your online press kit. So when it gets sent to the host, you know that you're going to have, again, you're controlling your brand at this point instead of someone controlling it for you. So they've got a selection, but you know a great shot of you is going to be posted. I've had terrible ones posted of me and that's my fault because I did not give, and that's why this is now invented because now I know a good shot's there. Also have yeah. your logo, your logo in there, your talking points in there. So it doesn't mean the host is any good host will ask their own questions and do their own research, but you know, they've got something to work with. Oh yes. Okay, great. That looks like a good topic. That looks like a good talking point. We'll go from there. That gives me other ideas. Right. And um, I'd say you, you can't guarantee the host will be good, but you don't want the show to be bad just because you have a bad host. If it's a, not a very good podcast, you can still have a good episode by being prepared yourself, having your talking points. So you don't get this dumb dead air silly questions that don't go anywhere type of thing going on that I've heard plenty of hosts where there's just, you know, 20 seconds between questions and between back and forth. And they just, they, they, they seem to be trying to look stuff up while on the air or something. It's, and then they don't even edit it out. So I, yeah, be prepared with what you want to talk about. Um, great advice there. Do most podcasts have a um, a prep call, we call it here. We have a prep call ahead of time no, where we go over this stuff. Not all podcasts have, um, we call it a yeah, prep call, pre-interview, whatever you want to call it. No, they don't always. I would say 10% do. So you might meet the host for the first time when you go straight on air. So you need to be prepared for that. I would say most shows have a little meet and greet right before. So just five minutes before just to get comfortable, but you need to be able to just go in and start talking immediately and go straight on air. I always say be camera ready because you never know what's going, they might just take a quick snapshot and then that's used on social and you don't want to be in your pajamas. So always be camera ready. And then you can use that pre-shot for your own purposes as well. Like um, Sky, I took a little, you would have heard me do a little screenshot because I'm going to use this on social media later for my purposes. Um, yep. to pre-promote the show. So there's the online media kit has all those things in it. Plus you can put past episodes in there so the person can hear you and see you. That's your chance to get any facts and stats out there because when you are pitching a show, you'll have a one sheet. The one sheet is a PDF and that just has your headshot, maybe five to 10 talking points. That's just a, a you know, when you go to the bakery and there's the little sample of the cookie on the counter. Uh -huh. that's what the one sheet is. And then the media vault is the whole cake or the whole box of cookies. So um, the one sheet is an abbreviated version and the vault is everything you ever wanted the person to have and they can go in and select it. Um, also your show logo would be in there. There's a lot. 
Um, so the point is to have that ready because if you pitch a show, the first thing that the host or the producer is going to do is cross check and verify and you want that ready. So they don't have to go and find, you know, it takes a long time to find somebody's social media. If they've got a business name, if they've got a podcast name, if they've got a book, if they've got all these things, if you have an online press kit, they can just go click, 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 run through maybe 10 socials in a few minutes. And you're going, the less work it is for the person on the other end, the more likely they are to say yes, if they like what you're saying. And then and you're I, also controlling your brand, like you were talking about earlier. And then maybe there's something they would find if they Googled you, you don't want to bring up on the show. And if you give them all the information in the press kit, you can kind of control what information they have and what, where the conversation will go a, a little bit better. Yeah. And earlier on in the show, you were saying that it's quite easy to get on shows. It is and it isn't. Because if you think about a podcast, a weekly show has 52 episodes a year. That's actually not many spots. And out of those 52, I'm not sure how many times, like you, you get pitched by agencies such as us, the Talent Squad Sky. So I know that you're getting a lot of pitches. So actually, how many are you getting? Do you have an average of that per day or per week? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. I know it's Way too many. This probably won't air until uh, 2020 sometime. We are so a good example here. Um, we're backed up with we're on episode 50 something right now, and we probably have about 20 or 30 in the can that we are producing to put out. We're a bi weekly show, but we will we have two slots a week for recording, and we booked up way too much for a while. So we're looking to go weekly right now. I guess I would. Uh, I would comment. So just as an example for listeners, that's kind of what some shows I think record um, and then put out just on schedule. It's like we're recording today. This is going to be out tomorrow or, or whatever it is. Um, but uh, this isn't our main thing. You know, we, we have Carla, Joe and I both have companies that we run. And then this is something we do on the side as, as content. Uh, so we don't have the time and energy to maintain a schedule where we have to have people booked now. So we always want to have a couple in the can and that got away from us. Um, so yeah, you might get on a show that has several months between when you record and when you air, and then some are going to air the, the, the next day. I guess I'd say what I meant when I said it's easy to get on a show is a show, not a specific show. Um, it may be impossible to get on a specific show, but with all the podcasts out there, if you just start reaching out to podcasts, somebody's going to say, yeah, come on tomorrow. Um, yeah, but, it, but it's it, competitive because like you said, you just have 26 episodes a year. That's only 26 slots people that you can have on. Soon yeah. to go to 52. Great. So don't assume that you're going to send one email and that you're going to get a yes from that email and then you're going to be on a show every every day. You need to be prepared that it's not going to be yeses all the time. So when you do send your pitch, it has to be amazing because you're up against other people that are doing all this work. So that's right. why it's important to do the pre preparation on the messaging before you even send the email, because if you send that email and it's half baked, um, it's not going to be a yes. And you've already used up that chance. So if you're going to the effort of, and when you find, you've got to find a show, you've got to listen to the show, you've got to vet the show, you've got to find, you've got to write the customized pitch for the show. So a lot of work goes into it. So by not having everything ready or a website and all your socials that are mismatched, it's, it's, it's a waste of your time putting that effort in upfront. So um, when you listen to a show, do they have guests? Question number one, you'd be surprised how many people pitch a show that doesn't even have guests. 
and you've got to pitch appropriate shows. So first of all, are you a fit for them and are they a fit for you? If the last guest on the show was Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, Richard Branson, and you're not in that league, then it would be inappropriate for you to pitch that show and or a waste of your time because you're putting effort in that you'll never get a yes to. So all these things need to go into consideration. You need a pitch grid. So who have I pitched? When did I pitch them? What did I send it to them? Because you're going to end up sending dozens, even hundreds of pitches. um, And you need to know when you've emailed them to keep track. So you know what's gone on and then you'll end up with a media list as well. So there's a lot that goes into it, but the payoff is huge. Right. Yes. And I would say not only huge, but if, if I listen back, and I, and I don't think I would ever do this, but to early episodes of this show, and I know being a guest is a bit different. I've been a guest on other shows, but you will suck at first. Um, so prep and be as good as you can, but get the reps in so you can, so you can get better. And then the payoff gets better and better over time. I'd say now we're mediocre. When we, when we first started, uh, you know, we were terrible. We didn't know what we're doing, but get out there. Don't try to be perfect. You know, like, like you said earlier, go to your, the grandma's basement podcast first and get your practice in, get your reps in and just, just keep working at it. Have your notes, listen back to the episodes and, and work on yourself in that way to, uh, you know, notice when you're saying, uh, way too much and make a little post-it or something to don't do this, don't do that during the show. Yeah. So with that grandma's basement show that we're using as an example, the thing is they're starting out, but they're going to get better mm-hmm. and don't discount them because if you get in there better when quote, nobody wants to be on that show, unquote, when they get better, you were there in the beginning and you have a chance to come back and people will come back on the show for a second or third time. um, And the audience already knows you. So that's when you're going to get payoff as well. So I think the smaller shows, you don't have to go on a show with millions of downloads to get the most benefit off it. They're broad shows. The shows that you want to go on as an expert are niche shows. Right. That have yep. target and curated audiences. If I'm someone like we had a client who was an accountant, his ideal audience was dentist. He went on dental podcasts. Now, millions of people are not listening to dental podcasts, but the say, let's use 500, 1,000, 2,000 that are, are all dentists. So they're his exact client. If you go on a big show, how many of those are actually dentists listening to that show? Probably not 2,000. Right. So, and they're already curated. They're looking for the thing. They're ready to buy the thing. So that's who you're after. And they'll be listening to all the podcasts in that arena as well. So I know for this client, he said they'd listen to me on show A, they'd listen to me on show B, they'd listen to me on show C. And then they just come to me saying, yep, I've heard you on a number of podcasts. I'd like to book a call or do whatever. He said they used to come with their credit card in hand because they'd listen to him for now hours and he hasn't even spoken to the person. Because podcasts get the no like and trust factor, they expedite that because you're spending, like you can't get that in a blog post. You can't get that in a YouTube video. You hear the person's voice, you hear their passion, you hear if you like them or not. So it really does move through the sales cycle quite quickly and it finds your people. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I got into it, but I made a post uh, on LinkedIn the other day in response to... um, I'm I'm forgetting the guy's name now. I'm terrible with names, but you know when you mentioned people like Gary Vaynerchuk and something like that, it was it was one of those guys. Um, and I I braced myself before and said, "I'm sorry, but I have to disagree with you." Um, oh no, see, Sky, <laughs> that's where you got to own it. You got to be bold. Yeah. just go in. Yeah. Um, but it was about the length of content, and yeah. they were saying, "Hey, long content's great. You have you know 
get this content out there. Don't shy away. And I'm really a short content guy. Um, but I would say long content, if you can get people to absorb it, is great. When you have people listening to a podcast, you have them. Great. You're, yeah, you're there. You're able. They're listening to you. And you either know what you're talking about and have something to say and come across well or you don't. So getting on those niche shows and having people, they feel like they know you by the time they come to your door to buy something, like you said, with credit card in hand. Well, I think the different, I agree and disagree with you. And the reason is I think it depends long content on the format. So, and the way that people talk about it and view it. So when people listen to a podcast, you'll hear people say in conversation, oh, I'm in the middle of a podcast. I've got to finish that podcast. So they see it as an A to Z entire product or, or property, like a book. You don't finish, you finish the entire book. You go through the thing, you're in the middle of the book, but right. a blog post, you might scan it, read it. That's it. You don't say I'm in the middle of a blog post. I'll go back to it later. Oh, I'm right, in the yeah. middle of a YouTube. I'll go back to it later. So I think podcast people do, uh, well, here's my stat that we were talking about before. 86% of people, according to Edison, listen to all or most of a podcast. You don't get that in other medium. In a radio, you'll sit in the car, you listen to the time that you're in the car. Because it's not, you haven't chosen for it. And, and you do, if you're listening to a podcast, you'll listen to half on the way. If you're not finished, you're going to listen to the rest of it on the way home. Oh yes. The channel was key there. I was talking about email, creative posts on social media. I believe they should be much shorter, but there's certain creative that you can be much longer on. When I see a block of text on something cold, I just turn away. I read the bold, I read the headings, I read mm-hmm. a couple of sentences, I look at the pictures and I'm out. If I don't see a bullet point, um, um, it's too much of a commitment for some random thing I've, I've never heard of before um, type of a thing. But yes, when you have a radio show, a podcast, something like that, you can go much more long form because the person is, is committed. They've stepped in, in now and they're going to, they're probably filling time on the treadmill or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so the getting booked part, we've talked a little bit about. Any other tips in that area that, uh, that you want to throw out there? Um, I think just we at the agency, we have a vetting process. So I think develop your own vetting process so you can go through it every time. So before you even send that pitch that you know the show is appropriate for you. So other thing that people tend to do is they'll pitch a show and it happens to me. I had a show three or four years ago. I've not produced an episode in that time and I still get people saying, I'd love to come on your show. Well, that finished four years ago. So good luck with that. Yeah. You've got Um, a phantom show. That's nice. Yeah. So look at when the show was produced and also you're looking for the quality of the show. Do they, they might have produced a show last week, but was the show before that three months ago? Was it six months mm. ago? What's the consistency? Yeah, so look at the frequency, a, absolutely. A lot of indicators. And what is the lineup? We already spoke about the um, the lineup of, you know, we just said Vaynerchuk. These are just for name recognitions that everybody knows, right? So, but also look for if they're people in your category, are they presenting the same content that you are? If they are, you can't go in and pitch the exact same thing that someone spoke about two episodes. So you're not only competing against the people for the future spots, you're also competing against the people that have already been on there. So you need to come up with your talking points, your messaging, um, your sound bites that are different to what's already been on the show. So you're offering something new because every pitch is custom. You can't do a cut and paste. Hi, ex host loved the ex episode. Like people will not fall for that. You need to really have listened to it and be offering something different to the audience 
than has already been offered, but also fits in with the content that the host is producing for their specific audience. Yep. Or you'll get in the situation where the people who do fall for that are the ones you don't want to be on anyway. So you're, you're exactly. putting yourself in the gutter by your, by your practices. All right. I want to take a, a quick break here. And then when we come back, we'll get into the actual show itself and, and give people some tips on uh, uh, some more tips on, on the on air part of it. And then, uh, and then the post show uh, we'll get into as well. So you've been listening to the, if you market podcast, we're speaking with Kelly Glover of the talent squad. They book people onto, onto podcasts and uh, we will be right back. This is Jim Tincher with heart of the customer at heart of the where we help you identify your customers moments of truth and more importantly, drive action on the results. Welcome back to the If You Market Podcast. We have Kelly Glover on with us today. She is the founder of the Talent Squad. They get people booked on podcasts. Kelly, I'm sure everybody has noticed by now, but you're in, uh, you're in Australia, in Sydney. Yes. I actually went to college for a year in Sydney. I love that city. Where in Sydney? I was at UWS MacArthur. Oh, wow. Just outside of Sydney, uh, near Bankstown. That's amazing. What year was that, Sky? Uh, that was the same time you were, I mean, you're back there now, but uh, that was 98, I think. Okay. So pre-Olympics, that's what I was getting at. Were you here for the Olympics? So yeah, 98. Yeah. I left just before the Olympics. I actually went down and did some training in the Olympic, uh, in the Olympic area. I wrestled in high school and college and I had just finished up my wrestling and there was nowhere in Australia that you could find anybody who wrestled. Um, but because the Olympics were coming, there were some people training down there, down there. And I remember going down and, and training with them. That was a lot of fun to see the spaces and, and everything. Yeah. Fantastic. That would have been before it opened. So it would have been brand new. They were still building it around when I, when I uh, got there. Yeah. Oh, well, well you, well, it's been a while. Come back. Yeah. Beautiful. Amazing city. I, I just really fell in love with that city. That was my first big city experience. I came from a really small town and I remember going up in a tall building. I'd never been in a tall building before. And um, Sydney was the first one. That's crazy. America yeah. has so many tall buildings. I know, but I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. It was several hours to get to San Francisco. We almost never went and there was no reason to go up in a tall building. A very kind of a redneck rural, uh, rural area. So going to Sydney just blew my mind with what a city could be getting on trains and going to the harbor and just, oh my gosh, it was amazing. Yeah, it's a good first start. Look, as long as you had Tim Tams, some good coffee, some Vegemite, some crumpets, all the usual junk food, then I'm happy. Oh, yeah. I got the worst sunburn I've ever had in my life. Standard. Um, picked up <laughs> a giant cockroach and threw it outside because I thought it was a redwood beetle. Um, all kinds of wonderful stuff. Yeah, we've got all the stuff that'll kill you. We're pretty tough Ugh. in Australia. We can poke sharks in eyes. In sharks in eyes? Poke, <laughs> poke uh, sharks' eyes? Whatever. Yeah, just say it's a thing you guys say and everybody will have to believe you. Um, I walked into many, many spider webs at night hanging down from trees. That is the scariest thing in the world in Australia to walk into ah. a spider web at night. Ugh. You're fine. No, you're fine. They're smaller than you. I can <laughs> Reptiles, no. Reptiles and sharks are hard no from me. Spiders, I'm bigger than you. I'll squash you every time. Wow, that's pretty brave. <laughs> I, I don't mind spiders. I don't like their webs. They're very creepy. Spider webs are creepy because then you wonder where is that spider that just set its web all over my face. Yeah, probably crawled in your ear and laid yeah. some eggs and yeah, you're fine. 
Australian spiders are so big they couldn't fit in your ear. I guess that's one of the pluses of those giant monster deadly. No, the ones that'll kill you, they're the small ones. The big ones are the ones you don't have to worry about. Anyway. So hot Australian spider (laughs) talk. Let's get back to the podcast stuff. Sorry for the uh, the sidetrack there. The show itself. Let's dig into the show. People get booked. They're going on a show. Um, we've talked a little bit about the prep ahead of time. Anything else that they need to make sure they're ready for ahead of time? And then let's jump into some show advice. Yes. So we've said that you need to send all your pitch assets prior. The other thing I would suggest having is a scheduling link. There's many that are for free. There's schedule once, there's Calendly, and that especially helps with all the different time zones. So even if like all our clients are US-based, I just, as we were saying, happen to be in Australia at the summertime, but um, it also helps with the different time zones and daylight saving that change very quickly. And that way, you know, it's in your calendar and it saves the your Tuesday, my Tuesday, which time zone, all that kind of stuff. Um, the other thing is being tech ready. Make sure you've got your microphone, make sure everything works, make sure you've got a power outlet, make sure your computer is charged. It sounds very basic, but if it goes wrong, it goes wrong and that will ruin the entire interview. So yeah. you don't want, yeah. I would say on those having a lot of guests on and having some issues and not, you don't have to have a high quality microphone. You just have a, have to have a high quality connection and you can't, you can be in New York and have some sirens in the background occasionally and stuff like that, but you can't have weird random sounds, wind blowing through your mic because you're in a convertible, like all these kind of bizarre sound issues feedback because you're just going off your laptop microphone and speaker and things are looping around like actually have some sort of headset plugged in take your smartphone headset and plug it in call in on your phone we have people do sometimes when they can't get a a quality connection or a quality sound on their on their on their computer um and uh, let me see, anything else on the, the sound is big for me. Like, Yeah, I would never do an interview in a car ever. Never do that. Always be in a quiet space and do a test of the sound beforehand. So I'm in a recording booth now and there are other booths at the co-working space where I'm at. But because the rooms are so big, when I tested the sound, it sounds like I'm in a chamber of some kind because the roof is so high and it's so airy had i not tested that that would sound would be on the show the other thing is i would never use the computer the laptop microphone that's built in because the sound is not great on that you can get um an eight it's called an atr 2100 look it up you can get them at any number of outlets and they're about 70 dollars. i've got a mic pop that's pop cover that's three dollars and a mic stand, um, and I think that's about $17. So you can get, and this is USB. So there are ones where you can get mixers and fancy stuff. And if you podcast for a long time, then yes, get to that. But if you're just starting out, you can set up with good sound for less than $100. And I equate that to, would you show up at a job interview wearing a pair of shorts, a ripped t-shirt and a pair of flip-flaps? No. When you show up for a podcast interview, all you have is your sound. If your sound sounds sounds bad, that's the equivalent of showing up to that interview looking all scruffy. So you want talking about being on brand and your personal brand. People won't know what's wrong if they're not savvy to the sound, but they'll know something's not right and they'll equate you with not being professional. So invest $100 and you can get a good setup and have headphones. I think you can have a 
um, don't talk into a microphone without being able to hear it through your ears because you don't know if you're shouting or not. You don't know what <laughs> is actually coming out. So you can have um, any kind of headphones. I like using cans. People have what they like, but you can do that for a reasonable price as well. Yeah, having sound that just that doesn't suck is really key. And I think we've only had a couple guests where we had to just call it off because the sound was so bad. One thing people sometimes don't account into that is they might go out and they buy a professional mic and they buy a headset and everything, but then they have a bad internet connection. And it's even yeah. worse than sounding like you're on a phone or something like that. It's fine. People are used to guests sounding like they're calling in on a phone. That's not that's not the end of the world for the guest. I kind of like it. It makes me sound better with my audio quality. But um, see, you're shaming me with your mic and audio here today. Uh, <laughs> no, this is a, this is the lowest level. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Get. Oh, good. I'm like, no, I don't mean that. But I just, yeah, this one's an audio. I'll say it again in case you need to Google it. Audio Technica. So ATR 2100. It's the base level standard. See, that's my diva moment. We do not let guests come on the show and have better mic setups oh this is no yeah. this is yeah yeah it makes me look bad so, well, so. when i used to host my show that i was speaking about i used to send guests a headset because i would refuse mm. to i would I, if i wanted them on the show which i did i'm not going to allow them not being prepared to stop me so i would just send a return envelope with a headset that i liked um and that way i knew the audio would be good nice. so you can oh, so you'd send them a return envelope like, so you got it back it wasn't yeah. like a, a show gift no, nope. I had, a, and I had, because I had, it was a lot of guests at the time. I think I had three in play. So those headphones would go across the country and, and back and to all different places. But that way I knew the guest would always have good, mm. at least the minimum, the absolute minimum required. So those headphones have been, have traveled the, the country more than any other headphone. Yeah, the They've cost been, of the yeah. the cost of the postage was way more than the cost of the headphones. I'm sure it was a thirty dollar headset. Yeah, nowadays you just buy it and have it delivered every time, and it's cheaper than shipping yeah, it around. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's probably smarter. You're right. Or have them put a sticker from their state on, it and eventually it's just this mass oh of uh, state stickers. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so audio quality, the headset, great, but the internet connection. And we've had people that. They say, oh, no, our Wi-Fi is great here. And then they're dropping in and out during the episode. Um, they're dropping in and out ahead of time and we have to stop the show or not start the show. Have them go hardwire plug in somewhere. I'd say, if, you know, when you're coming in over a computer, make sure you're hardwired in or that you, when you say your Wi-Fi is good, you really know it's good. You've tested it. You've done shows already on it, um, especially if you're going to the Grandma's Basement show. And I'm going to have to go start a show called Grandma's Basement. Um, then maybe that's your test run for your Wi-Fi, but when you go on a show that you know you think is really gonna have some impact for you and that you really wanna be on, you've got your, your test runs in, don't jump over to your hotel Wi-Fi all of a sudden and think, oh, I can, I can do it from here now. Like you've gotta make sure you've got a good connection. There's nothing that drives me crazy more than that. And be prepared that if you are not on point, the host will cancel the interview. So it's not a given that it will go ahead and it's not a given that it will be published. If things go wrong during the interview, it's up to the host. And if they don't like it, they will not publish the interview. So that's the other thing. Podcasts are earned media. So you have no say in anything that has to do that. And often you'll sign a waiver before you even go on the show that says the host owns everything and they have the right to do all the things. So that's just something to be aware of as well. The other thing is your job is to make the host 
to give everything. I really dislike it when people go on shows and they hold things back and they're like in my book, in this thing, in my course, and they're not really giving you any information. Podcast guesting is all about actionable tips where people can do things. It is a learning forum as well as the information and background on your personal story. So don't hold back, give everything you've got, give actionable to-dos. Um, yes, you want to integrate your keywords so it shows up in SEO in the show notes. So for example, podcast booking agency, if you say that and it gets transcribed, that's going to show up. The talent squad, that's going to have a link back. So that comes back to my show, but it's all integrated. It's not like I'm just saying talent squad, talent squad, ta like in a weird way where it's not showing up. The other thing is have your call to action ready. So at the end of the episode, you need to know who are you talking to? What action do you want them to take as a result of hearing you on the show? Don't say, oh, go to my Facebook. I've got a Facebook group. I've got a conference coming up. I've got to just give them one thing because, and always reverse engineer. When you're listening to a show, what are you going to remember? If it's right. hard to spell, hard to say, it's 10 things, I won't remember it. Just give me one thing because the chance that is I'm doing something else while listening to the podcast. So I'm probably not going to look into you until later. And if you haven't given me a reason to do that or something easy to remember, you can be the best interview and no one's going to follow up. So wow, that's a, a great, things. that's a great one. I've heard many podcasts where I thought, oh, I need to, I need to follow, I need to take some action on this, but I'm out on a jog when I'm listening to it or I'm doing yard work. I, people aren't listening to the podcast with a steto pad in front of them, like the, getting ready to take notes uh, for you. And there's a good chance. I know many of those. I never went back and refound the spot on the show to, to look for that or even went and found the show notes for the show to, um, you know, to look for what it, it was. I had the idea for at the time it's there and gone. So yeah, if it doesn't stick, yeah. then you lost them. And then always think about what you do in your normal life. And more than likely, that's what other people do. So for me, I would maybe listen to a show if I really wanted to. I mean, I'm a different beast, so I'll probably go and look for the thing. But other people, they might only remember when they're telling something, someone else about something they heard. Oh, I heard someone on a podcast. They probably won't remember your name unless you're famous. And then it's like, oh, what was it? What was it? And if you've given them too many things, they won't remember it. So, and then that's the point when they're telling someone else that they may go and look it up if you think about it. So you need to, how many times have you remembered the story or the content, but not the person or the business name? So right. that's really important. So have something it, simple that can stick with them to come find later. Yes. And also saying the business name throughout, just so they know who you are. Right. The town squad, the town squad, the town squad, the town squad. I don't, yeah. No, well, I mean, like if I'm <laughs> listening to Vaynerchuk on an episode, I know who he is. Right? right. So I don't have to, I'll be like, yes, I was listening to so-and-so and I heard so-and-so. He's that F-bomb guy. If you're a guest yeah. on someone else's show, they'll remember, oh yes, it was on Sky Cassidy's show. Anyway, yeah, there's different ways. But so have your call to action, integrate your keywords, make lots of to-dos, use examples, use stories, make it easier for the host, send all your assets in advance, be camera ready be tech ready, and then you can go on there and just have a chat because the thing that you don't have to prepare for is you know your expertise, right? right? Right, You know your expertise, you know your stuff. So it's not that that is the difficult bit. It's the other bits surrounding that so you can really showcase what you know. That's a great point. We hadn't really addressed that. Make sure you're speaking to something you know really well. We always, with our guests, say, what do you want to talk about? As long as it's about B2B marketing, it better be something that you could lose an hour at a cocktail party on because we want you to come on and just just 
go just speak openly on it if you can't speak extemporaneously on it if you need to you know write up your dissertation or something like that and do all the research then maybe not not the topic for you like make sure it's something you really know or it's gonna show on uh, on the show and break it down like who is the audience is it an advanced audience is it a beginner audience i can speak differently depending on who the audience is i find it all fascinating as you can tell i can go for hours on this this is my thing i love it but if also don't put something that you're not super interested in because the audience will know yeah yep it comes across as obvious. We st- I've talked about it many times. Our podcast started because we were doing webinars and they were so freaking boring and terrible. And I, I, I listened to one and it came across so obviously that it was all heavily scripted and there were slide decks and all this crap. And it took so much time and energy to put together. And it just felt like it was a waste. Now, I know webinars can be great. They don't have to be have to suck. But Back then, a lot of them really sucked and they were because that, because everything was so prepped and yet not rehearsed or anything. So it was like watching the initial read through on a sitcom or something like that it was not interesting in any way, shape or form. Hopefully there was some decent information in there and that's all you really had. Um, but yes, try to, and that's where getting back to the beginning, the improv comes in. You need improv, but winging it is a waste at the mm. same time because look at, look at how much work you put in just to get the yes for the interview. So showing up unprepared is going to waste it because landing the interview isn't the end. It's the beginning. You still have the interview to do. And if you don't go in with all those things, you're going to end up with a nice chat. No one's going to know who you are. No one's going to know the business. No one's going to feel like they have feel like they have the information and then they're going to not trust you. So then they're not going to go to you after. And if you think about all the things people have to go to until they finally come into your ecosystem, um, it's not podcast isn't instant. You're not going to go on a podcast and then people are going to maybe sign buy your book immediately or buy your thing or, you know, sign up for a $1,200 course or whatever it is. They want to get to know you even more. Um, so you really need to put the effort in and just set your expectations on what the ROI is going to be. Yeah. I'd say I'm definitely not, um, suggesting for podcast guests that they don't prepare. Uh, you definitely need, you need to prepare. Oh, I know. Um, we, we try to minimize the amount of prep we do for the show, but that is a planned strategy and we have a lot of preparation in that. Um, and we rely on the guests then to know what they're talking about and, and we just have experience going through the questions. We have the one sheet. We have questions. We've done some some research. But really, we're relying on the guest knowing what they're talking about. Like, if you came on and didn't know anything about podcasts, this would be a disaster. Because yeah. oh, uh, I would not be able to fill in for you. The host prep and the guest prep are two different things with two different strategies and two different agendas. The other thing for the guest is... Um, Sky, I know what you do. I know how you run the show. I've listened to full episodes of the shows. I've looked through everything. That's part of my research and everybody's research. But you also can't, guests can't rely on the host to have done all the preparation. If I've got a book, you may not have read the book. You may not have even looked at the book. Maybe the producer booked you. So therefore, you've got to figure out a way to talk about your book or the content of the book and you've got to help the host. You can't make the host look bad as a guest because you're it's like being at a guest at a party, right? You still are a guest and they're running the show. So sometimes in an interview, 
there's a lot of technique and you might have to ask and answer your own questions mm -hmm. and you might have to redirect the questions. So that's why um, I think preparing for interview and interview techniques is actually underrated because just because you can talk doesn't mean you can do a great interview. Just because you know your expertise doesn't mean you can do a great interview if you want to get the most out of it. So those things are really important as well. Right. So not only prep to know what you're going to talk about, the points you're going to hit, you already know your subject. That's, that's key coming in. Um, but also if, if the host is not really carrying the interview, make sure you can direct the interview where you want it to go. In um, a friendly way without mm -hmm. taking over and hosting it yourself. Yep. All right. So we're getting really close to, uh, to, to the end here. Um, I want to make sure we touch on the post show. So you've gone in, you got booked, you did a great job, you got the right podcast that you're going on, you prep for them, you know what you're talking about, you got your points, you got your audio quality all nailed down, you go do the show, you kill it, and then what? And then you need to rate and review the show. You need to send a thank you note to the host. You need to actually post it on social. Not only do you post it on social, you need to tag the host, tag the show, tag the company, use your hashtags, push it out to the audience. So it's your, it's, I say it's your job as a guest to do that. It is up to the guest if they want to or not. Um, and then put it in your social queue because podcasts are evergreen. So it's not like it's only relevant for today, for this week, for this month. This podcast interview can go out for years to come and it's still going to be relevant because it is evergreen. So make sure you send it out and across multiple channels, put it on your LinkedIn as well. Put it in, you can even put the interview that you've done on your email signature with a link and change that out according to the shows that you're on. So you can turn it into content, get a transcript and then pull out quotes from yourself and the host and then make some Instagram posts from it. So there's content you can do in addition to sharing because always share the host, never rip the audio. I've seen this happen. I've seen people take the audio from the show and put it in their own podcast feed. Do not do that. What you need to do, you can embed the show because then the host gets the links, sorry, gets the, the plays, the downloads. Um, you can embed it and all the artwork and everything associated will show up, but never take the show as your own. But put it as many places as possible. Interesting. We've had people ask us for the audio and we've sh we, we will give them the audio um, itself to help promote it. They want to take chunks out to post chunks yeah. somewhere, something like that. And I think some shows will give you the audio. It's not like they have some, uh, you know, they're, they're going to syndicate it later or something like that. So they need to maintain their, their grip on the audio or, or whatnot. A lot of shows are just like, great. Yes. We want this to get out there and we'll provide if you want to take snippets. Yeah. Taking snippets. But I mean, I've seen people take the entire thing and put it in their feed, but the difference is they've asked you. Right. And so you can always ask anything you want, but you can't just take the show and put it in your own feed and then it's an episode. So yep. just ask for the host and they will, you, like you said, usually, yeah, like taking a snippet of audio and turning it into something else is promotion, which is amazing. That's actually positive and they will probably say yes because that's a real benefit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's part of the contract between the show and the guest is that they are going to help promote the show as well. So the show is we're getting content 
And on your side, you're helping provide that content on air. And that's the mutual exchange without, you know, without the pay to play. And then another part of the mutual exchange is great. We have an audience and you're getting exposure to that, but we're also expecting you to help contribute to expanding that audience, which is why we have an audience is the first place is because people before you did the same thing. So there's a lot of, uh, of kind of like a, this win-win uh, mutual uh, expectations going on that, that you will contribute. And it's, it's this podcast commune almost of, uh, of, uh, of ideas and exposure and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And for guests, the other post show opportunity is for relationship building with the host. So there could be affiliates, there could be partnerships, there could be come back on the show for another interview. If you as a guest have a podcast, you can invite the host as a guest on your show. So the interview, I think people think the job is in landing the interview but then it's also in the interview itself and the post interview as well. And even after the recording. So it's a long-term play with multiple aspects as opposed to get an interview, do the interview and you're done. Yeah. Follow through. And I guess it's, I also say you never know what's quite going to come out of it. Our co-host Carla Joe, she is, uh, she's not here today, but she was a guest on our podcast before she became the co-host and we were looking for a co-host and it came up in the pre-show discussions and we hit it off and then she's she's the co-host now that is the she, ultimate podcast win that's amazing what yeah. a benefit they were thinking about starting a podcast so she asked us about it and oh how do we do this that what's going you know how did what did you guys do and we said hey we're looking for a co-host why don't you just join ours yeah so, and win. i think that i think that's another suggestion sky if people are thinking of starting their own podcast one way to test that out to avoid pod fade is be a guest on someone else's podcast. Try it out. Be go to someone else's party before you decide to throw the annual Met Gala, right? Yeah. So see how their systems work. See how their processes work. See what it's like to be a guest. See on the other side. See how different hosts manage their show. And then if you do want to start your own show, that's a great way. But it's a, easy, it's a way to ease in to being a guest. And if you've been a guest on other people's shows, guess what? When you start your own show, You've already got a bank of potential guests who would be loving to come on your show and they've already got audiences. So being a podcast guest first before starting a show is a really great strategy. Yeah, And great way to build relationships over distance. I mean, we're, we're getting to talk here for about an hour. I know a lot of podcasts are shorter than ours, but it's not very often you get to have this kind of conversation with people and really kind of control the dialogue, uh, whether you're the guest or the host in you just get to talk to people about what you want to talk about. And at the same time, you're making great content. It's a, it, it's an amazing medium. And yeah, I guess I'd say, uh, I really encourage people to, to get out there. And if they're looking to get exposure and build their own brand and, and, and whatnot to find relevant podcasts and, and get themselves on it. And it gives you a chance to speak to people you may not get to speak to or have access. And I'm not even talking geographically. I'm talking about within companies. If you are a host of a podcast and you invite someone on a show, you might not normally get access to them but because you're giving them your platform. You have access. And not only that, you can ask them questions that you would not. So it's sometimes a podcast guest and host scenario is really almost like, having a, a session with the person that would normally cost $500.
right? Yeah, it's- so it's almost like a free consulting session that's on air that people get to ask whatever questions they want and have access to someone they normally wouldn't have access to, or that person wouldn't freely give the information unless they were on a show. That is a huge benefit that I did not realize when we started this show that now is maybe the greatest benefit we get from this. When you talk about ROI of creating a podcast, ROI of going, whatever, whatever you're looking to get as a return, you know, don't measure it in dollars because there's so much more. You're going to become a better speaker by going on. Maybe you're going to make connections you wouldn't otherwise by going on. For me, I get to talk to people like you and learn about things that I'm not an expert in this niche. And there's so many things I would like to know. And I just get to ask you those questions and find out now. It's amazing. And the listeners get to benefit from that as well. But it's like I get to be a super listener where I'm not only listening, but I get to direct the, you know, when I have questions, I can throw them out there and get an answer live from you. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell, I love this. I know this, I know my stuff. I love this stuff. This is fun. So it's a win-win for everybody and everyone is me in their own niche. So whatever it is they're talking about, they should feel the same way, which is amazing. Yeah. If you don't come across the way Kelly is coming across on this (laughs) podcast with the energy and excitement, then you have the wrong topic you're talking about. There's got to be something that interests you enough. I'm I'm serious. I'm not joking with you, Kelly. I'm serious. People, if they're not animated and excited, that's why I say at a cocktail party, what's the thing where when somebody comes up and talks to you, you go off and then after the party, you're thinking, oh boy, I might've been a little bit too much on that. That's what you need to talk about on a podcast. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And also what's no one else talking about, but should be, that's where you need to go. Mm. Look yeah. for the oh, white yeah. space. Yep. Awesome. I think we're, we're coming to the end here. Is there any last things you want to throw out for people? Any last bits of advice? Uh, maybe something to avoid is always good. Anything. What's the most common mistake people, people make in these, in these things? I think the most common mistake is not doing the preparation and research and then just winging the interview instead of actually making it a strategy and expecting results over expecting how can i say um not you're not going on the tonight the show results. you're not gonna yeah. everybody's not gonna stop you on the street the next day and they did all the work for you you just showed up and they made you look amazing when i go on someone else's podcast i prep way more than to have people on on my show and i tell the guests like try not to prep try to limit your time we don't want this to be seen as a burden to you but yeah be prepared be prepared. It's on you. Yeah. And expectations is the word I was trying to get to just set expectations. This is a new medium. It's a new thing. It's the new press tour for everyday entrepreneurs. So it is being invented, but if you do research and set your expectations, the benefits are unbelievable and it will change your business. And hopefully you as well. There's a lot of personal growth you can get through putting yourself out, out there in this way. And I think we talked about in the beginning, the, the reps, getting the reps in to get good at this. It's, yeah. It takes time. It'll prepare you to be an onstage speaker even better than you already are. Ooh, I just thought of one thing. One last tip from me, listen to podcasts and listen to the guests and to the host as well, but not to the content. Listen to what they're doing and not doing. Um, and, and then you'll start to notice things like, oh, I need to make sure I do that and make sure I do this. You'll notice how they transition in certain times. You'll notice little things like that that can really, really help you, probably especially after you've been on a show or two. Then you go listen to something else and you can hear the difference between you and someone else that you thought sounded really good. 
Um, maybe, maybe you're not speaking loud enough. Uh, and so it's coming across as kind of a flat line. Maybe you're, you know, who knows what it is you're saying, um, way too much or whatever it is, but yeah, listen to yourself then listen to a couple things that you thought were are good shows. Um, and you'll get some, some really good feedback from yourself there. Yeah. Analyze and reverse engineer. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for coming on today, Kelly. It's, uh, really just blown by here. Um, where can people find you? I guess, let me throw out a couple things, the talent That's your website, the talent squad. So if you want to get started in this adventure of getting on podcasts and being guests and getting yourself out there and building your personal brand in that way and getting your company exposure and all that beautiful stuff, uh, check out the talent squad. Um, and at the talent squad.com also, they can find you on LinkedIn, just put in your name, Kelly, uh, Kelly Glover. And, uh, that's the best way for things to come up there. We will have these links on the show notes as well, though. So if you're listening and you're out on the jogging path right now, uh, just remember the, if you market, uh, if you market.com and, and obviously you're, you're listening to this, so you, you should be able to find us pretty easily. Come back, find Kelly and you can find the talent squad.com from there. Thank you very much, Sky. It's been a pleasure. Fantastic. So on behalf of uh, Carla Joe Helms and the Ify Market team and Kelly Glover of the Talent Squad, thank you for listening to the Ify Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with podcasts, they will come. Is your data company ignoring and gouging you or gouging and ignoring you? Those are the main reasons our customers move from the previous list provider, Mountaintop Data's top data search platform. What's top data search? Well, with top data search, you can search our database of 20 million plus business contacts and download lists with complete contact information. It's a convenient tool for both sales and marketing departments to get accurate lists. It's free to have an account. There's no annual contracts, no seat fees. Top Data Search is just easy access to accurate data. And when you reach out to us with questions, we actually give you answers. Visit topdatasearch.com and sign up for a free account with the coupon code IYM300 and get 300 free credits. Or if you're just curious, go to topdatasearch.com and run some searches on our open search tool, no account needed, by clicking the search now button. That's at topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.